Hey everyone, welcome to the check-in. Sonia, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Welcome. Thank you. Always fun hanging out. Always. Um, <laughs> what's up? What's up? What's going on? Just hanging out here, ready to do this podcast. Um, yeah. Should we just jump in? We can. Let's go for it. Yeah. Uh, I guess I'll ask you first today mm-hmm. as well. Uh, what are you noticing? What's going on? Okay. Um, yeah. Well, um, there, I'm noticing a lot of things. Uh, just two things I'll mention briefly. I don't have a lot to say about them. I think it's still a lot of thinking, feeling, processing. Um, but I've been, yeah, I've been watching, um, here. PBS has been doing a, a short series on Asian, the Asian American history. Yes. Um, which has been really good though. I do confess I fell asleep to the second one yesterday, but, um, uh. that's just because I was really tired. It had nothing to do with the episode itself. Um, I'm going to go back and revisit, but anyway, two, or technically three little sessions dropped yesterday. So um, I watched two of the three and they have been, they've been good. They've been really good. Um, and I'm just telling everybody to watch them because it's part of Asian American history is part of us history. Right. Um, right. It's just been a, a part that's been ignored um, or briefly mentioned and then moved on. So it's just, it's good also to have something that was done by um Asian Americans, so it mm. wasn't like um, a white lens, but that's uh, people telling their story. So that's been that's been really powerful and good. And of course, I've been talking about how I've been diving more uh, deeply into my own Korean heritage. So it's just been really good to see people that look like me on television. You know, mm. that's been good. What have you noticed, uh, or what what stood out in the documentary? Anything that kind of hit you? Well, you know, in this in this last section, they were really highlighting, I think, the ways in which the Asian American history was intersecting with uh, um, Latinx and Black um, histories in the U.S. Yep. Um, and so the ways in which they worked together, the ways in which they had to were forced to, and it benefited them to collaborate. One of those things was um, the grape strike uh, in California, which most people know about that from. Um, Oh my gosh, why can't I think of his name right now? I'm the worst. <laughs> I can't think of it. Anyway, Dolores is who I think about because of the documentary and she gets a lot of credit for it, but also um, Cesar Chavez. So um, they get a lot of credit for that labor movement in California, but is actually initiated um, by Asian American labor workers. Um, so that was a really powerful uh, piece of information that I did not know. Oh, fascinating. Um, wow. Yeah. And and there's an erasure of, you know, like, so in, um, right, well, the railroad, you know, that the, obviously, China, we many of us know Chinese immigrants were um, primary workers in, yes. in getting that accomplished because they came late to the gold rush. So they came for the gold rush. They arrived too late for that. They ended up getting hired for building the railroad. Yeah, um, but if you look at Canadian photographs, and, mm, if you look at photographs, um, they're erased. <laughs> from yeah. the images of the completion and um right so, yeah anyway. not 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 celebrated for what they accomplished yeah yeah crazy yeah lots of yeah just wow. taking a look and confronting the the racist 
um, and unfair, you know, internment camps and mm-hmm. all the things that, um, yeah, it's tragic. It's hard, but I think right. we have to, we have to look at it. We have to acknowledge it. And, and honestly, I, I just keep thinking if, if, um, African American history, Asian American history were more a part of, uh, education, the education system, learning, understanding, um, I actually think it would be building towards a more equitable mm-hmm. um, society. Uh, but if For we sure. only have one point of view, we don't even pay attention to right. what happened in the past. We don't consider the impact of of that those prejudices and biases and exclusions and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot. So. But important. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. So that's that's the first thing um that came to mind um second is i'm just noticing i was on the uh, driving on the way here and there are several restaurants that had um signs like we're we're open for takeout and it just you know realizing i think recognizing that we're in this for the long haul um people i think initially were like oh this is just gonna be a couple weeks okay it's only gonna be a month and now we're like how long is this actually gonna be we're gonna have to what we've talked about before what jesse has talked about before on the podcast is like You've got to reinvent and you've got to reconfigure. You've got to take a look at what you're doing now and adapt and adjust. There just isn't any going back. And you just can't, for good or for bad, for all the good, like all the beautiful things that were happening, all the terrible Mm -hmm. things were happening. There's a lot of things that get killed in this whole process. And, um, and so anyway, even the, the beautiful things are, we, we aren't going to go back to at least anytime soon. And when we do, they're going to be altered and significantly different as we ease in. So I just, I see that, I see that reckoning and that realization happening, um, here very practically on the ground. So, yeah, yeah I think that's the thing that I'm, yeah, I'm been s- sitting in and, and considering and thinking and noticing and, and yeah, it's, it's tough. There's so much of the good that is also, so there is a dying and there's a dying and a death that's really good to some things that needed to. Um, my favorite, that's so funny, I was dying, I posted on my Insta stories, is um, we were given a moment to sit with our feels and everyone took up baking bread. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Died. But it, like, there is this moment of good that we could have embraced of kind of checking in with ourselves and getting in touch with um, kind of things that maybe needed to die and let go of. But then there's also this death that's, uh, that's to some really good things. Um, and that's hard. Yeah. Yeah. So this is connected to what you want to talk about, something, what you're noticing. Yeah, what I'm noticing is just my emotion around when those really beautiful things that were part of my rhythm and part of my life are taken away. Um, so it is privilege for sure. It is being aware of my privilege and the ways in which the things that I love and care for, um, when they're gone, what that does to me emotionally. But uh, So yeah, just got word this week that um, my local neighborhood farmer's market isn't going to happen this summer and Mm -hmm. so they're scrambling to find an online platform so that that can happen Uh, and i actually got super emotional i was talking about it with somebody and and i actually started to kind of get weepy of just one more thing being taken away and that was my sunday rhythm that was getting up and going to the market and touching this local growing produce 
and it connected me to the farmer. It connected me to land and soil. It connected me to my neighborhood, my community as we got gathered and got mm-hmm. together in this space. And now that's gone. And it's mm-hmm. so not only is my coffee shop gone or my um, relational connections and the ways in which we would connect before. Now this thing that's connected me to soil and land is gone. And it's like, what, what does that do to us as, as, as human? Um, now walking through this, uh, you know, in the summer, the space that was our farmer's market is now just this empty lot. What does that mean? And what are the, what's, what's the impact that, what impact does that have on farmers, farmers in the farming community? And so, yeah, it's just looking at this and going, what, what does this mean? Um, and then the ways in which it makes me sad. Yeah. Yeah, as you were talking about that, I just thought, okay, then how do we, like, if that connection to land is critical and vital, important, um, how do we connect to land, right? Like, so if the way that, right. you, at, that many practice that would be farmer's markets or, you know, how do we support like, it just made me think, like, in my mind, I'm like, yeah, I wonder what's happening in Portland. Are there new CSAs that are going right. to be emerging? Are there new ways in which we can still have that connection to fresh produce, still support the local regional farmer? It's like, I'm, I'm guessing there are probably ways to do that. I don't know what they are. It just made yeah. me think about those questions. Yeah. And I think right now, and I'm, I, I could get weepy right now, I think for me, it's just I don't have the emotional capacity to want to mm-hmm. figure it out. Like, I just, I just feel tired. Yeah. Why can't there just be, um, why can't it just be the way it was? So, so there is a part of me that goes, oh God, I don't want to go back to the way things were and we need to change, we need to innovate and we need to adjust. Mm -hmm. And then there's this other part of me that says, oh God, why can't things just be what they were? Yeah. I want my relational connections the way they were. I don't like how my relationships have been disrupted right now. I don't yeah. like it. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make me feel great. I don't like how things in my neighborhood and the ways in which we were building are disrupted right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the ways it's, we were doing story nights. And like now I feel like I'm just whining. But um, I miss those things. Yeah. And... And so there's this part of me that says, yes, we need new. And this other part of me that says, I'm just tired. And I just want things to be the way they were. were." Yeah. Well, I think when we're tired, that is the go-to. When we're tired, we're like, I mean, I just think of the the big biblical story of the Exodus, right? Like, you were free from slavery. And they're like, but we're tired of wandering around in this desert. Let's just go back. Right. So I just think that that is a very human Right, for and sure. Reasonable, it is. acceptable response when you're tired and you're grieving. You know, you're exchanging, yeah. in one hand, you're, you're grieving and you're exchanging one thing for the other without the full promise of what you hope is to come. Right. So right. we don't you're know what that is. You're in this limbo place where you're yep. beginning to doubt yep. that there's actually something good on the other side. You yep. just remember what at least you had yep. in the past. And, yes. um, that is a very real sentiment, probably a sentiment I'm, I'm, yeah, it's a sentiment that can be manipulated and monopolized, but it's very true. Yeah, I think the yeah. exile narrative really fits well in this time of leaving this narrative of empire, mm-hmm. um, of capitalism, these, these systems crumbling underneath us, but yet in a desert moment where, where new is unknown. Right. 
Right. So you do live in this tension of, oh, God, at least we had, um, you know, mm-hmm. this back yeah. in the old. At least yeah. we had, the, at least there were some grounding things that, that rooted us. Yeah. Um, they were like, are, I'm tired of this manna, and manna thing. Right. Like right. the manna, it is interesting, right? Like it's almost like the daily provision as it is for us now is probably really good. But we're like, we're tired of that. Like yeah. it's a miracle in and of itself. Right. But we're like, we used to eat way better <laughs> back there, you know, or whatever. Right. That's just the metaphor. But, you know, yeah. Um, what is sustaining you now is probably miraculous, but probably not what we want. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. it. It's miraculous, yeah. but, it, but it's not what I want. Yeah. Yeah. So hard. Yeah. And then just the emotion of of the every the mundane of the everyday. Yeah. Like uh yeah. So So yeah, it's it's real emotion when things now one more thing is gone. It's like, "Oh, seriously?" Yeah. I don't know if I have the emotional capacity to handle the one more thing. Yeah. And so here I am weeping over farmers markets. Yeah. Yeah. Well, grief is like know. that. It just yeah. you don't know what thing is going to trigger the actual right. yeah right moment. So yeah, so that's what I'm noticing. Yeah, yep, it's all real. We're all still. It's yeah. In so many ways, we've come into this place of a norm. You know, like this is how we. This is our new normal, even though it's temporary, and we all have yeah questions and different yeah. stages of grief that we're in at different times as we navigate it. So right, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and every day is different again, which is crazy to me. The emotions of every day are just some day's energy, and there's no rhyme or reason as to why, Yeah. because the external is the same. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, yeah. So that, that's yeah. a mystery to me, <laughs> is every day is kind of the same, yet the emotions of the day are so diverse. Yeah. So that's that's interesting. Yeah. Noticing that. It it reminds me actually of of you know of meditation practices, solitude, right? Where the things around us settle down and all we're left with is ourselves. Yes. And so the wreckage of our lives is suddenly revealed because we don't have the same kind of distractions or energies right. or things that are yep. the input has shifted. And, um, so I know you're doing a lot of that work and, mm-hmm. um, I, I want to do more of that work. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm sitting in kind of the meditative practices of, of holding space for emotions, for things, letting them, and then letting them go and just realizing how hard that is mm-hmm. because my tendency is to want to hold judgment, to hold perfectionism, to hold um, frustration and to just let things pass, uh, to to be aware of the emotion and let it pass. So that's that's been which is the practice of meditation, and so that's just been really a, a good practice. But recognizing how hard that is, yeah, and how deeply I want to hold on to uh, the other things. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. If it's a way of being. Right? Like we've just operated, we just operate that way. There are ways in which all of each of us, right? We just naturally operate in. And until we take those moments to, to sit with that and or it comes to light, we don't even know it's how we are. Like we don't even know we're holding on to resentment or anger or as an Enneagram four, I don't even realize that I'm 
holding on to a moment that was like three days ago and I'm still in that mood. I don't even know it. I don't even recognize it, right? Unless something maybe forces me to stop or right. someone brings that to my attention. Yes. Or, or it's and, I, and, I th- and, it, and I think that's where emotions are really important. Like for you as a four, emotions are really important. And it's what um, how you kind of function. As a three, um, I love compartments. I love the doing and the activity to actually avoid emotion. So I'm just really been sitting in a lot of emotion. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting, this quote uh, in meditation, we're not trying to live up to some ideal. Quite the opposite. We're just trying uh, uh, to experience whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I love the ideal. Like, that's my life. <laughs> so now I'm just in this moment. There's no ideal. I don't even know what that is. I'm yeah. just trying to live into into what is mm-hmm. and sit in what is. Yeah. And that's a that's a very... A vulnerable place for me. Yeah. 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 So. Well, I'm proud of you. Me. Good work. It's good Thank hard you. work. It's a lifetime. It's a lifetime. And that's what I'm also learning is just as as you get it, it just deepens. It's like yeah. layers of an onion. You just peel one layer back and it just keeps going. You go, ew. <sighs> so, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a lifetime. It's a lifetime work for sure. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what part of the meditative practice is is the noticing, right? Which is what we're, it this is. is the question we're yeah. asking. Like, what are you yes. noticing? Yes. And I think it's really important. It's, it's not necessarily what do you think or even, or, or even what you, do you feel? It's like what, what right. keeps reoccurring? Like in that work, you begin to discern, gosh, that same thing triggers me every time. Yep. I need to investigate. I need to hold on. What is that? And then maybe you're What's thinking going on with that? plays into that yes. or, and then the ability to release it or, you know, all those things. Um, come along. Yeah, and my, my challenge is I'm noticing those things and wanting to fix it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, don't we all? So, yeah. Which we've talked about on previous episodes. Yeah. So now I'm moving to just letting it be, but also recognizing the importance and the value of that thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Going, this is a value and a need, but the ways in which I'm responding to that is is actually not healthy. Mm-hmm. Um, so I got to let it pass so that mm-hmm. the good and the beautiful thing in which I need can be received, um, not controlled or manipulated. Yeah. It's good stuff. Hmm. All right. Do you want to take us anything else to say? If not, you want to take us out? Yep. I can take us out. Out. out, <laughs> out. Hey. All right. Yes. Come on, Canadians. Um. Well, thanks for hopping in, listening in on the check-in, and we will see you next time. Thank you, everyone.